Hello beautiful listeners and welcome to another episode. This one is all freaking over the place, but we had so much fun filming it and talking about some of our favorite books. But just so you know, several of the books we talk about are dark romance, dark, dark romance. We're talking about serial killers and other professional unalivers. So keep that in mind if you decide to listen that we're going to be talking about things that may be triggering, including murdering and assault. But we also talk a lot about rom-coms, several rom-coms in fact. So there's definitely going to be light to balance out the dark. Anywho, let's dive in. And then come Monday, I'm hanging out with Jose, who's the IT guy at my school. We're like, we're really besties at this point. He was like, I figured out what your type is. When the kids were asking me if we were going to hook up and get together, I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not her type. And I was like, well, then what's my type? And she's like, he's like, it's a yee howdy. And I'm like, it's a what? He's like, it's a yee howdy. Like, that's your type. And I'm like, maybe. And then Monday night, I'm at the tackle box and all the yee howdies walking in. I'm like, oh God, that is my type. I am a yee howdy girl. (laughs) This is just like cowboys, right? Yeah, this is just like cowboys, like boots, hat, button down, whatever it is. It just, you know, does something for me. But now I laugh every time I see someone who fits the yee howdy stereotype because I've always just thought them as cowboys, but now it's yee howdy. <laughs> Anyways, I was talking to him. So he's like, well, maybe like I won't come over tonight because like, obviously you're very pissed. I'm like, yes, I am still pissed. Like I am still mad at you, but you can come over if you'd like. <laughs> and that's when he showed up with the cookbook and the cuffs and the butt plug. And then he sex. <laughs> and afterwards I'm laying like the there. cookbook. Yeah, I came with a cookbook. <laughs> Were you cooking together? No. He just, he's like, I saw it at my house. And I'm like, I don't know if I believe that, but it's like an almond flour cookbook. So he's like, I thought of you. And I was like, okay, well, that's cute. That's nice. Hi, I, like, I, I thought of you. I brought a butt plug and a cookbook. <laughs> don't forget the cuffs. <laughs> and the fuzzy cuffs. Right. Yes. Oh, I cracked it open and I was like, this hasn't even been opened. He's like, I like made some like non-committal noise. And I'm like, you know, if you'd bought it for me, it would have been nice. If you didn't, it would have been nice. But like, I don't even know. Okay. We have sex. He probably like, he probably bought it for you. And then you were mad at him. And he was like, (laughs) I don't want to seem like I'm like sucking up. You should have, sir. You needed to suck up. You needed to show up with flowers and balloons to suck up. (laughs) girls don't want flowers they want a butt plug okay that butt plug was way too big we had a conversation about it it was like he was like it didn't look that big and I was like yeah well apparently it is <laughs> huge huger than expected welcome to the HA book club I'm Summer Ochoa I'm a romance author and with me is my best friend Kelsey otherwise known as best friend Kelsey So today we are going to do a new series, series is in quotation marks, called It Was Free So I Read It slash TikTok Made Me Read It. (laughs) And it's basically just to catch up of all the good books that we've been reading outside of this podcast. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it because these are always the books where I text Summer and I'm like, Summer, it was almost a 10 out of 10. Like, why didn't I read this one for the podcast? So I'm glad that we're making this happen housekeeping things 
giveaway is still on. We've changed the rules a little bit. So you just have to join the group in order to get an entry. But if you leave a screenshot of your review, which we super, super appreciate, reviews are the best way to help us grow as a new podcast, you'll get an extra entry. And as a reminder, we're doing Kindle and limited subscription, Audible subscription, and actual Kindle open internationally as long as your country has Amazon. So every country, right? I'm sure Antarctica even. Let's be let's be <laughs> Amazon. Like, like Bezos reaches everywhere. <laughs> I would hate to be that prime driver who has to Ooh. drive to Antarctica. No, that's, that's like how a, it works. That's gonna be a boat. That's gonna be a sh- like a airplane. One of the two. <laughs> Our weekly hots. Okay, so this week I was debating. As you guys know, I'm kind of all over the place in my dating world. And although, okay, I'm going to keep this short. There is a potential sugar daddy on the line. And did he pick me up at the bar a few weeks ago? The answer is yes. Have we seen each other a couple of times? The answer is also yes. However, I want to tell you guys about a different situation that I just ended a couple of weeks ago. And that was this... <laughs> ethical non-monogamous relationship that I got involved in and it was a guy and a girl and they are married they have been for a very long time and they decided that they really want a girlfriend and they've had many girlfriends in the past and somehow we managed to connect we went on a few dates it honestly was like the bee's knees like I can't even tell you how good it feels to have that kind of like surrounding attention on you And that kind of connection with like a variety of people. Now, unfortunately, I did end it because morally, I just wasn't feeling, not the fact that they were married. That's not the part I wasn't feeling because they were chilling on that. What I wasn't feeling is the fact that I wasn't equally attracted to both of them. And they wanted a girlfriend in a relationship where everyone was on very equal terms. And I just felt like I couldn't give that to them. So were there very hot moments? Absolutely. But did it also end? Also, yes, it did. However, overall, like that was a really cool experience. And I just want to thank the, you know, the 21st century for that one. I also love that you met them on Hinge. Like they had a single profile. Yes. And like we did, we group chatted. Like it was never like I just texted one of them. It was like, no, we just, we texted the group chat because we were all in a something together. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. My weekly hot. Even though, like, the idea of hand necklace sounds great to me. I used to really like it, but there was, like, some things that happened that then made it, like, really triggering for me. So my partner, since we had started dating, which, oh my god, is in three days, it will be six years. (gasps) But, so for all this time, I know. I just, I'm going to have to soak in that information a little bit. Even though I see you, like, every day, I'm still like, whoa wild okay you know it's weird hit me with your hot so my partner this whole time since we've been together has known that that's something that's triggering for me so never even like ventures in that arena but recently we're kind of talking about you know different things we want to try do and i was like you know i think i think this is okay with me now like we should try it and i think it has to do with one the books we read but Mm -hmm. two then writing them myself is creating those like 
positive memories and associations with it, which now makes it like something exciting and new that I want to try. I know for a lot of people, spicy books are a way to safely experience things for the first time, the only time, or re-experience things. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah. That really makes me think of the podcast that you made me listen to today as well. The- oh yeah, we listened to a BDSM, the psychology of BDSM. It was an interview with a professional dominatrix and it was really, it was really interesting, really fascinating. Absolutely. I actually didn't want my drive to work to end because that was, that was so good. Should we jump on into our ramble reads slash TikTok made me do it slash it was free. So Kelsey bought it. (laughs) Yes. Speaking of hand necklaces, I'll go first because one of the books that I actually read a while ago, but I can't stop thinking about it is Hooked by Emily McIntyre. So she has a series called the Never After series, and they're very loose retellings. They're not even considered retellings. They're basically inspired by different fairy tales where the villain gets the girl. So the first one is called Hooked. It's loosely based off of Peter Pan, and mostly she just draws inspiration and some of the characters, the main character... His name is Peter Barry, and he's supposed to be like Peter Pan, sort of. But he's the villain. And then, oh wait, maybe he's supposed to, he's not supposed to be a villain. Maybe he is hooked, like Captain Hook. Clearly this book has me all in a tizzy. This is Summer from the Future. I'm editing and just want to let you know that the main character's name is not Peter Barry. It is James Barry. And Peter Michaels is the name of Wendy's father. And he is supposed to be that Peter Pan character. He owns a company called Neverland. And James Barry is, in fact, supposed to be modeled after Hook. So please ignore everything I've said. And let's get back to it. This is sounding wildly like Hooked, but I'm going to have to have you continue for me to really put in a say on that. (laughs) Basically, he's somebody in, like, the criminal underworld. He also owns a nightclub. And the different people that he has around him kind of have some character inspiration from different Peter Pan characters. The main heroine is named Wendy. Her father is the villain of the story. And he initially wants to get back at her father through her, but then he ends up falling for her. And they have some great hand necklace moments. It's just one of those books that had me no pun intended, in a chokehold. Like, (laughs) it was so, so good. I still am, like, flustered over it, and I read it months ago. I just started the second book, Scarred, which is based off of Scar from Lion King. I was hoping that's what you were going to say. Yeah, and she just announced the third book called Wretched, and I think it's Wizard of Oz Wicked-themed. She hasn't revealed too much about it, but it's like going to be grumpy sunshine, good, good boy, bad girl. So I'm very curious to see how that one plays out. And uh, they're so good. And I so I just started Scarred. And the reason why I put it off for so long, it's been out for a few months, I think, or maybe just like a month or so, 
but I put it off because I knew it was gonna put me through like an emotional roller coaster and I wanted to read it so bad but I also was like I want to savor this (laughs) oh I get that there's definitely books where I'm like oh not today like another time where I can give you more of my attention so do we have a quote okay this is all my the quotes I've highlighted in this book holy moly summer how are you gonna pick just one no idea maybe I should just pick one at random okay pick one at random and see if you can give us like a little bit of context they have a big fight at one point where there's some misunderstanding but he was initially before he started falling for her he was initially gonna use her as revenge anyways so he's kind of like fine whatever I'm just gonna go along with my original idea okay and it is a dark romance so readers keep that in mind but this is just one of the quotes i highlighted just for the the writing it's really pretty the way hook speaks to me curdles my insides like sour milk even though i despise what he's done having his insults rain down like knives is a painful type of torture it slices into my veins and bleeds me dry leaving me brittle like fallen leaves i just I just need to take a moment for that line, for that passage, for that poetry, because that's what we just listen to. The whole book is like that. That's like, is that an analogy, simile? I always mess them up in grade school, but you know when you had to like learn how to Maybe write? Four. Great. Wasn't even, didn't even hit the mark there. <laughs> okay. Remember when we had to learn metaphors and like write metaphors in school? Yeah. This is what it reminds me of, but like they knew how to do it and they just like took to it and never stopped is how I'm feeling in like the most positive way. My first book is called Put Me in Detention by Megan Quinn. Now, as someone who is in the education realm, I was a little nervous when I first read this because like (laughs) even just the title, because I was like, if this ends up being some like underage smut business like I'm, my insides are just gonna curdle because when you spend day after day with youngins like y'all it was the full moon today and I saw two freshmen rip apart a backpack stitch by stitch with their bare hands with their bare hands like what this is what the full moon does this is why I can't even picture like, I just can't do, I can't do education smut, guys. I just, I just, I can't not when that's the stuff that I witness and have to deal with. Like, it was like, they were like trying to be the Hulk. I don't even know. Okay. That's a, the, oh, I'm still upset. Anyway. So I was worried about the title. It turns out I didn't have to be worried. It was very much like a progressive staff could date other staff kind of school. So I was like, this is, this is my speed. <laughs> so it was two teachers. No, so it wasn't two teachers, but it's part of a series where it follows other teachers and other admin members who like get together. So that was cute. I realized that this is the last book in the series or like the second to last one. So I'm a little bummed about that because I was like, ah, I already know what happens to all the other couples, but I want to read what happens to them. Anyways, okay, so there's this girl. Her name is Cora and Cora was in a relationship. She was married to this guy who was just very emotionally manipulative and abuser. So she decides to go on a divorcation is what she calls it. So she goes to Vegas with her and her friends and she decides just to get smashed. Like she's wearing a dress that her brother, who's very protective of her, wouldn't approve of. Like her friends are watching out for her. 
the whole nine. And <laughs> she runs into, in Vegas, right? Nowhere near where she lives, this guy who her brother works with, another teacher. She does something else entirely. She's like in like, I don't know, she doesn't even do anything to do with the school. She's just like related to her brother, who's like the head of the English department. And then this guy is like the hot British English teacher who's new as of last year. And she keep like had kept trying to make a move on him, like at the last like company parties or whatever, but like he never bit, which is fair because like his boss is her brother. So like that's, Mm -hmm. you know, you could muddle some lines that way. So that's who she runs into at the bar as she's like getting smashed on like my ties or something. And lo and behold, the connection is just like brilliant. Like they are just magnets to each other. She ditches her friends. She's like, screw y'all. Like, this is what I'm doing the rest of the night. Granted, she's like a few drinks in. Nevertheless, they like, quote unquote, sober up on like Cheez-Its, like purse Cheez-Its and like purse pretzels that she steals from somewhere and they get married. And this is on her divorcation. She gets married. So she wakes up the next morning and there's like, they don't tell the readers much, right? So like, it's just kind of like, this is what happens. I find out later, but- (laughs) She wakes up and it's all like, oh, I'm on the bathroom tile floor. Like, how did I get here? Am I naked? I am naked. Like, why am I naked? And then lo and behold, there's like a giant ring on her finger, like something like that. Right. So she's all of a sudden married. She's like, great. This is going to get annulled immediately. Like this guy, Pike, who is her now husband is like, he's, he's not going to be the guy for me. Like, yes, he was hot, but like, no, like this is, this isn't going to work out. Anyways, lo and behold, Pike has some stuff going on in his life. He's running from a life back in Ireland, maybe. Maybe he's not Irish. Maybe he's Irish. He's running back from people over the pond, over the sea. Has a British accent. I don't, gosh, I don't know. Okay, I don't remember. I think it was a British accent. So we're just going to go with that. He has family in England or Ireland. (laughs) And his dad, like, gosh, I'm butchering it. His family that he doesn't want to be associated with, not necessarily siblings, but his dad, like literally like rules him with an iron fist. Like he was once in an arranged marriage for the betterment of like his dad's business and this girl's dad's business. So like he got out of that and he basically ran away to the United States where his family, like his siblings have definitely applauded him from afar. But essentially he has like this one love in life besides teaching. And that is this organization that him and his brother have created. And it basically helps like underserved kids get access to books, like options, jobs, like all the above, like all the good things that we love. And her dad is like, if you don't marry this girl who I had set you up with by this time, then you are like, then I'm going to kick you off the board of like the board of the company that you've created. Like all of your board of directors are my friends. So like, I'm going to manipulate the heck out of you until I get what I want and you are going to lose your spot in the company. And we all know at that point then that like the company's going to go downhill because like his dad is just like the biggest slime ball. So that's his background. Cue them all of a sudden now living together because Pike's dad is literally has like a PI on him. So Pike needs to look like he's living with Cora. So he does. They live together. They try to figure it out every day. Cora is like, I want a divorce. And every day he's like, no, I'm going to slowly win you over. Like, I like you, this, this is going to work out. And internally (laughs) they do like, it's like that forced proximity, right? Like they do slowly, but surely get closer and closer now because of Cora's like 
abusive, emotional or physical past relationship, there's a lot of things that like she's not ready for, not just like sexually, but also just like emotionally. So she's really torn about the fact that she likes someone so quickly, so fiercely. And he just like keeps letting her take her time. Like they keep doing semi-sexual things, even though Cora's like, we can't do this. But then like they keep getting into these sexual situations and like he will not get inside of her until she says and admits that like she is his like until there's that like possessive like I am yours he -hmm. just keeps teasing her like he has made her come 500 different ways from Sunday with 300 different toys but he has never been inside of her and it is driving them both up the wall because she lives in like this little studio apartment you know all the like close proximity things so this whole thing happens. They have this giant misunderstanding because Cora is slowly trying to get him to like divorce her. So she like keeps like playing pranks on him for lack of better words. So she like plays, plays pranks on him, just keeps like trying to motivate him to go elsewhere. And it finally works sometime. And they have this big blowout, even though she really loves him and she figures out that she really loves him. And he's like, no, I totally love her. So they're like all the big cinematic moments. And then he gets into a motorcycle accident stop stop it does he forget everything no he does not forget everything but he's in a coma for like so many days and he breaks nearly all the bones in his body and he literally like he lives alone right like his none of his family's there and even though they just had this big blowout where he's like i'll sign the divorce papers or whatever it is like court is still at his bedside making sure that he like wakes up <sighs> so this is where my quote comes in are you ready Yes. Yes, I'm ready. So his brother and him are in the hospital room. No, I glanced away, unable to continue meeting my brother's intense stare. For a moment, when one of the nurses told me how worried Cora had been, how she barely left the chair beside my bed for the first 24 hours, I felt hope. But then she didn't come back. Cora is one hell of a strong woman, but if she can't look beyond what my father told her, if she doesn't want to know the whole truth, then I won't drag this out of her. She deserves to be treasured, to always be told the truth. I might have helped her realize that there are guys out there who can treat her with respect, but happiness? I think someone else can give her exactly what she needs. I just hope I didn't do too much damage. My throat grows tight as I think of all the wrongs in her life. Chalk me up as one of the biggest ones she's ever had to face. Oh, my heart. So now he's like martyring himself, right? Being like, I with everything that happened, how my dad screwed this all up, how I screwed this up. Like, it's just, she deserves better. But then obviously very quickly, he's like, I can't live without her. And she like stumbles upon him one day. Cause he's like back in his like brownstone apartment. And she's go, like going to hand off like the, the divorce papers and like get something from the house. And he's like literally laying on the floor, like unable to move, like with his like broken arm, broken leg situation. And she's like, what are you doing? Like she walks in, gets startled by him hasn't seen him in days right he finally gets out of the hospital and he's like oh I'm just hanging out right like he's trying to blow off the fact that he literally can't get up on his own and that he's alone in the entire United States with no one and Cora's like absolutely not like I might hate you but I'm not gonna let you suffer like this by yourself so she becomes nursemaid and then from there just you know things escalate Mm. yeah it was real good it was real real good oh where does detention come in because he's a teacher (laughs) like that's it but like they spend most of the time like out of school 
like it barely even mentions like like okay one time she played a prank on him where she gave him like a ton of x lax in his coffee and like literally all day he was in the toilets but like that's it like that's the most school interaction we get so not not a whole lot so i was very relieved on that front um also a little bit misguided by the title so overall <laughs> i'm gonna give it like an eight and a half out of ten and i'm gonna give there was no P and V. There was a little bit towards the end, right? But he like kept by his word that he wasn't gonna like take her that way until she like agreed that like I'm yours, you know, until she said that. But the ways that he made her come with the tools that she used, like, oh, that's gotta be a four out of five. That's for sure a four out of five. It was good. Megan Quinn is in a queer relationship and it's adding up. It's oh, adding up. That would add up then. <laughs> that definitely, definitely would. <laughs> Anytime she releases a new book, it's at number one in the Kindle store for a few weeks. Like, oh, good for her. Of, yeah, she's one of the the top rom com queens of the moment. I do love rom com. Yeah, and she, and- but she was the one who I I tried reading one of her books, but I was like. I can't read rom-coms right now. I'm in my dark, murderous phase. But actually, the book I want to talk about next mm-hmm. might have converted me. <gasps> no. Okay. Tell me all about it. If it's converted you, tell me all about okay. it. So it's not going to come as a surprise, but I've been listening to Blindsided. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like still working my th- way through it on audiobook. So for people listening at home, I love to go on walks. They're like my favorite thing. I go on one every morning and then I go on one most-ish days as well in the afternoon because I also walk dogs. And I've been listening to the Blindsided audiobook. I've finally gotten to the part where, you know, they're friends with benefits and it's so funny and I really, really like that Freya even though she is plus size and she's insecure about that, it's not like her whole personality and it's not an insecurity that is mentioned anytime she thinks about herself or thinks about her life. It's obviously a big part of the plot because it's a big part of her as a person, but she also is very sexually inexperienced. She's a virgin. <laughs> not anymore, but <laughs> but she... I really like that she's like doesn't know a lot i want to use the word ignorant but that has like such a negative connotation i feel like she's she's so i've read this book so it's almost like she's sheltered by choice yeah yes like she chooses she identifies the fact that she's not super on like a giant sexual prowess but she's also very happy with her current situation yeah and she wanted to lose her virginity mostly because she just wanted more confidence around men so she could date and her best friend is a professional footballer and he's scottish and he's gonna wear a kilt at one point and i'm just getting all all excited about that is it steaming up in here are my glasses fogging because (laughs) that book girl that book i'm so excited but in the beginning because i remember you had said like that this was a book that you kept thinking about for like weeks later and in the beginning I was like I don't know 
how how is this gonna spice up with Freya being so inexperienced and almost like like she didn't know what so many different things were they had a game of never have never have I ever where she was she got drunk and she didn't want anybody to know that she was a virgin so she was saying that she had to everything even though she didn't know what most of them were but once they start having sex I really really like that she is still like confident and curious and like wants to explore things and isn't just the like innocent and like pure and not dumb but I don't know the right word like she is like inexperienced but sheltered sure about it recluse no not perverted recluse no no it's like her she's inexperienced and like naive about a lot of sexual things but she is quickly trying to remedy that and is acting with like confidence and I don't know it's just it's not like her whole character is this like innocent oblivious person does that make sense yes that does make sense there are many facets to her anywho it's a really good book so far and I'm not finished with it yet because I'm listening to it on audio so that's taking longer the actors the voice actors are also really good oh my gosh I love that book you just brought back all the feelings for me because it's such a rom-com and I think that's that was like one of the first true rom-coms that I think I read and I loved it mm. I loved every second yeah. of it. and it's really funny and it's really clever with the ways in which it's funny the characters are clever which helps yeah I really like the characters I keep making like my Instagram story me trying to keep a straight face while listening to it <laughs> um, <laughs> it's now going to be a series of <laughs> And another day, another walk, trying to listen to Blindsided, being chill. <laughs> I mean, at that point, you could just pretend that you went on a jog, really. <laughs> <laughs> uh, half the time, I'm, like, walking a dog, and I'm looking at this poor dog, and I feel like I'm corrupting it. I'm <laughs> 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 on my headphones, and it has no idea. I'm picking up on your hormones. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so one of the dogs is a, a doodle mm-hmm. and for the last maybe month and a half she has been so furry so fluffy like to the point where when she runs all her hair lifts up and like flaps down oh. and she's just she looks like one of those scottish highland cows you know that have like <laughs> long hair yes i love her to pieces but this morning I arrived and I opened the door and she's standing there staring up at me and she is bald and I like could not stop laughing for at least three minutes because <laughs> they kept her tail and her head. <laughs> she poor looks, dog. You know, she looks like half the size. I was like, girl, like look at your waist. And oh my God. It was, I, <laughs> I could not stop laughing. So of course, when I like gave the owner updates afterwards, I had to tell her that I couldn't stop laughing, and I was so shook when I walked in and she was staring at me bald. But she loves sticks, so she picked a stick of the day, and we were on our walk. And for a while, she let me like hold her stick while we walked. 
<laughs> so I concluded that when I gave my update to the owner and I was like, yeah, she let me hold her stick while we walked. So that's basically like holding hands and dog. And she was like, you guys have the best relationship. It's so cute. And I was like, yeah, we're best friends. I mean, there's nothing else I want for my dog, but to have so many best friends. And what's funny is that the owner is a pediatric doctor. Okay. And she invited me when Mocha, that's the dog's name, when Mocha had her first birthday, she invited me to the dog park with all her friends. And all her friends are doctors. And she kept introducing me as her lifesaver. And I was like, excuse me, you guys like actually save lives. (laughs) I walk a dog (laughs) who makes my day every time. My heart and my chest, they just like expanded. Like I'm the Grinch. Like my heart just got bigger just thinking about all that. That is brilliant. Okay, books. <laughs> okay, so you haven't finished Blindsided. How would you rate it right now? Right now, a 10 out of 10. Yeah. Um, I think the spice is definitely going to be up there. I'd say so far, it's like... I'm predicting a 4. Okay. You'll have I to circle back. Having... Yeah, and I think just listening to it on audio, so having, like, the Scottish narrator dirty talking in your ear is, that's close to just 10 out of 10 on its own. There are things happening over here, just with the idea of that. (laughs) I'm going to be perfectly blunt with you. That, it's a good thing that I don't get the audios, especially where I always read. Can you imagine if I got the audios all at work? And I just like had one earphone and I would feel like I'd be corrupting people. Like, I'm corrupting the room with, the, with these thoughts, with these words. <laughs> okay. Are you ready for my book? Yes. <laughs> I don't think I'm ever going to get over blindsided. Never. Nope. Never. Okay. So book number two is also by Megan Quinn. I think the Kindle store just knows me especially like the free Kindle store. So like, they'll just be like, hey, does this look good? And I don't even look at the author. I'm just like, that's cute. That sounds nice. Like, let's read it. And then later on, like in this moment in time, when I'm like typing everything up, I'm like, oh, guess what? It's the same author. Like big surprise. No wonder why I loved it. I really needed to start reading by author. That would be the smart choice. Anyway, so this one is called A Not So Meet Cute by Huxley. And no, sorry, by Megan Quinn. And the characters are... Huxley and Lottie. Very unique names. The Lottie makes me feel a little bit like it's just like a grandma, like a hardcore grandma. And the Huxley makes me think of like a skateboard company. And it took me a while to like get over that, but we got through. So I love this. I just, I really loved this book. So they meet in a very interesting way. She is just quit her job. No, she just got fired from her job. And it was a job that she put her heart and soul into. She got fired by her boss, which was like a backstabbing friend. And she's like, I just need to find myself like a sugar daddy. Like I need to find myself a rich husband and her house or no, her parents' house, which she like lives right on the edge of this like really rich area that has like a bunch of very wealthy people, like a bunch of mansions. And she and her family are on the outside. And she told her parents that she was going to move out like by X amount of date. So she's like, I need to go find myself a husband. There's no way I'm going to move out without a rich husband. And she's kind of joking, but she's also very desperate. Did she move back in with her parents when she got fired or has she been living with them? She's been living with them for like the last year and a half. And it's just time for everyone 
that she moves out. And like, it's also like, there's a piece of it is like, it's not her like OG mom and dad. It's her mom plus like a stepdad who's been super great. And like, we love, we love him. However, they've also just like never really gotten a true honeymoon. So we want them to have that. So she also feels the pressure of like, ah, they want their time to do sexy things. And I'm their daughter. Like, I'm not trying to be around for this, which fair, so fair. So she's like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to go on a hike. Like I'm going to go on a walk. Like she Googles how to pick up a rich husband. And then she takes the information from Google and she goes out into this neighborhood and she is walking around literally all day looking like, I don't know, like a housewife. Like, I don't know however she thinks that she should look. And it's the end of the day. She's tired. She's exhausted. Her phone has died and she runs into Huxley. Huxley is like storming out of his house because he's mad about something. Like he just really effed up with this business deal and his brothers are like giving him a hard time. They're at his house. So he walks outside and literally runs smack into Lottie. And she like kind of jumps back and he jumps back and they're both like, what the heck? Like, what are you, what's going on? And Lottie is looking like a bit like disheveled, disheveled. What's that no, word? The first one, disheveled. disheveled. She's looking a little disheveled at this point. Okay. And she is tired and he she just starts rambling she's a really big rambler summer i'm sure you could you know relate to that and huh? she's what? Like, <laughs> she rambles the fact that she's like i put a braid in my hair because i heard that would pick guys up and really i'm just struggling and blah, blah blah she basically just like spills her like last weeks of terror to this guy and he's just looking at her like she's totally crazy but definitely hot and i'm in this situation where i need a fake fiance why not her of course of course why not right so they meet up at the chipotle later that night and she decides in the end that morally like she just she can't do it she's like he's so hot but i also i just i can do better like i can get a job i don't this doesn't have to be my solution even though she's going there and getting writing and texting her sister her sister is like oh my gosh like this could be your ticket like this is so funny make sure you're safe you know put on your location services like this is a stranger there's a really cute relationship between Lottie and her sister. Any which way, they end up getting into a relationship. He ends up wooing her in front of her family. So she says no to him. And then he starts sending like chocolates and roses to the house. And Lottie like is trying to like scoop him up, but doesn't succeed. And then finally, Huxley just like shows up because he's like, this is my one shot. Like, I really need to make this work with her because I really need her as a fake fiance. So he shows up and then her like mom opens up the door so she has to like pretend to know Huxley and then Huxley's like ma'am I'm so sorry that we haven't been introduced like it was it was all me I'm a really high-powered business person and like I just I really like your daughter we're gonna move in together like and Lottie is just like oh f no like dude you've sent me chocolates and we've had one dinner date like we're not going there so she like pulls him, drags him into a room, which is like her childhood room, which adds like, you know, a level of mortification to it. Anyways, so she moves out and she ends up moving in with him. They have this whole contract drawn up, like specifics, like Huxley is going to like pick out what she's going to wear before events. Like she gets a whole new wardrobe, like all the things, because he's like the very, very high powered, like real estate agent, like commercial real estate. So he has a certain image to uphold, especially as he tries to like, pull off the fact that this is his fake fiance who's not only his fake fiance but is now also his fake fiance who's pregnant oh uh, uh, what why yeah. how, how what 
he like he runs into this guy okay so there's this this other character who he's trying to like win over in the business world and it's like it's this guy who like he just like can't put like he can't just pin him down like he's super down to earth he can't relate to him on any level because Hux is like pretty up in the clouds and is like kind of hoity-toity but this other business guy is like down to earth has a pregnant fiance and when they run into each other accidentally at like a sandwich shop Huxley just like spilled out all of these lies simply with the goal of like, I need to get your business because I need to buy your building or your property so that way I can do this with it. So all the lies, all of the lies, a pregnant fiance. Anyways, in steps, Lottie. Lottie really takes the task in stride. She goes over the contract with him. She's like, you're such a weirdo, but like, yeah, this is all fine. She lives in the same house as him. They end up like getting connected with each other. Like there's definitely like a mutual satisfaction with like their sexuality. Like they really connect on that. But then they're also just like a little bit crazy with each other. They have a cute relationship, but it's just like a little wonky. Like it's built off of a contract. So so much of it is like, is it contract? Is it real? And they go back and forth. So we hit the point where <laughs> it's going to backfire in his face, right? Like he is pretending to have a pregnant fiance. Like it's got to backfire at some point. Like Lottie is literally going on quote unquote, like friendship dates with this other pregnant fiance to go like pretend to like, I don't know, to like go to like a LeMay's birthing class, like to do all these things. And like, they just keep getting like swept up into all these bizarre situations. Like they end up being at this, like like this like baby store and they have all of these different models of boobs on the wall that squirt milk and you can like compare your boobs to the ones on the walls and then you can like pick which boob suction cup you're going to use for like feeding not for feeding but like for a pump thank you god i was struggling for that word yeah for a pump a boob suction cup is this are we talking about sex toys or a pump (laughs) we're talking about a pump so all these weird things and they like they keep it in the point where they're like it's just too much so Lottie's out of the house that makes her happy she also is just like hey I really just need you to show up to my like my 10-year reunion with me so that way I can really stick it to my boss who was my ex-best friend all these little things so it finally blows up in his face like he finds out Huxley finds out through like his contractor that he's joking about his fiance and the fact that she's pregnant and Huxley is shook. He's like, three people know about this. Like, how the hell did you find out? Right. And they have this big blowout. Like Huxley just also like massively th- screws up with her through this whole big ordeal. He's trying to like figure out how to fix this situation with his, the guy who he's trying to do business with. I don't know all these things. And Huxley ends up seriously hurting Lottie to the point where she moves out and goes and stays with her sister. And he convinces her to come over for a meal. And at this meal, he hands her a new contract and Lottie is like devastated. She's literally like, I'm about to tell you that I love you. Like, this is a huge thing for me. And you just handed me a contract. Not only did you break my heart yesterday when I was going to tell you that I loved you, but also like you just handed me a contract Like, what, what the hell is going on? So here is request number five in the contract. Now this one was written by Huxley. So it's a little bit shoddier than like the original one. Request number five. Lottie realizes that Huxley is a shell of a man without her, that he not only craves her in his life, but he needs her in his life. She's become a permanent fixture and not having her in his life is non-negotiable. Which brings me to request number six. Lottie follows Huxley to the rooftop. 
Huxley stands and holds out his hand. Stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. I, so, and there's other things that have happened on this rooftop that just like really speak to her soul, not just like sexual things. She like, she loves to like lay out in the rain, which honestly sounds really great. And he has this like private rooftop where she can literally like be naked and lay out in the rain. So she's like quirky. Genuinely, I'd like to do that too. So I don't even know if quirky is the right word. She, I don't know. So there's like, there's significance with this particular rooftop. And I'm sure you can imagine what happens after that point. The, it's just so good. It's and all is she so good. actually pregnant? No, she's not actually pregnant. Okay. And they admit to that. But then she, of course, like shortly gets pregnant. I'm sure if I recall correctly, <laughs> like in the epilogue, she's pregnant. Ooh, so cute. Yeah. And it's so funny because it turns out that like the other fiance was like knew what was happening like the whole time and like finally told her like fiance right her like husband to be and then they just like kind of like kept up the charade even though they like didn't tell Huxley and Lottie that they knew so like a lot of the ridiculous things that they went through they were just like internally just like screaming with laughter because Huxley and Lottie were trying so hard to just like keep it together like they run out of a baby class at some point like they get handed a baby that has like colic and they're supposed to like bathe it and change it and stuff like one of those fake babies and they just like are screaming at each other over it and they get kicked out of the class and they have like fake poop all over them and fake vomit and it's just like <laughs> and they just smell so bad because they made it like curdled milk like they really were very authentic whatever this baby class was so super fun super super fun book I want to rate it like an, another eight and a half out of ten spice is three out of five it was good it was there there was some there was some real nice moments there was like not super crazy but it was it was good I loved it I loved hearing about it oh I think my new thing is going to be rom-com audiobooks if they're duets I can't do single narrator but if they're duets because mm-hmm. I'm loving the blindsided so I feel yes. like this is gonna be a great way you could do the other blindsided series too I have one more book. Slash, okay. It's a duet. It's The Sinner's Duet by Sophie Lark. The first book is There Are No Saints, and then the second book is There Is No Devil. Okay. And it's called The Sinner's Duet, and it's about Cole and Mara, who are both artists. Cole is very successful, very rich. He It takes place in San Francisco. He was already, like, a wealthy person, but then he also was really good at art, so he's both wealthy and an artist my taste <laughs> mara though is a struggling artist she works as a waitress she lives in a house with like five other artists and so they're like the exact opposites of the art world she is kind of you know that carefree wild artist persona kind of like grungy in a way and then he is like this very rich uptight artist who has all the success that you know she's she would love to have and there's this other artist named Alistair Shaw the villain of the book and the plot twist or not really plot twist because it's the main plot of the book (laughs) (laughs) is that Alistair Shaw and Cole are both serial killers and Cole kills usually to like 
right or wrong or because somebody offended him and it's not always very justified it's not like he's like oh i only kill bad people but he does it in a very like clean non-public way it's like to get out this urge that he has that he doesn't really make a show of it it's his own thing that he does but shaw basically like tears these women apart with his body and hands and teeth and like they he's called the butcher of the bay as he's known in the newspapers because he will like leave the bodies in public places but he knows that cole is also a killer so they kind of are like rivals in the art world and then in this also their own little killer world (laughs) but cole is very like uptight very snooty very much thinks he's superior than a lot of people he's not necessarily like a redeemable character which, I mean, he's a killer, so fair. The book begins with Shaw kidnapping Mara and leaving her in his path with, like, slit wrists, like, tied up, and leaves him out in this woods where he knows that Cole is going to be passing her. And Shaw was doing it to kind of be like, I know you're not better than me. Like, I know you're just as savage as me. So he leaves this, like, temptation for Cole. But Cole walks right past her. Mara ends up somehow running off the mountain and like saving herself go mara you're my favorite character yet the rest (laughs) but so she but then she recognizes cole because cole came upon her like looked at her and then walked away Mm -hmm. and something that i really found interesting about this book was that cole at first kind of gets obsessed with her and starts stalking her but not in like, a, oh my God, she's so beautiful. I love her. I have to have her in a, like, he's like almost disgusted with her. Her clothes are kind of grungy. Like she's not all polished and clean. And he's like, she's gross, but she's also a really good artist. And he recognizes that like at the first event that they're at together, somebody spills wine on her mm-hmm. and she goes into the bathroom and then comes out five minutes later with like, she tie dyed the rest of the dress with wine preach love that (laughs) yeah so so at first he's like she's gross but also like i'm fascinated by her and so he ends up stalking her ends up she ends up recognizing him and is like you left me out to die and they have this really weird tension where uh, there's just i mean it's a two it's two books so there's a lot that goes on Mm -hmm. where's the smut summer oh the smut okay the smut is everywhere so (laughs) sorry save this for me i feel like you're just like telling me a nightmare right now (laughs) from the girl who just likes the rom-coms and i was so excited in the first like 10 seconds like oh the art world yes i could get into it maybe this is a book that i could read too no no hard no this is a hard pass okay but smut it for me save it okay so i think one of the first times that they have sex because also she's like terrified of him because she's like you left me to die but also like were you the one who kidnapped me and oh yeah so she's very scared of him but is also like really pissed at him and wants to stand up to him and eventually he offers her a studio at his like studio and she takes a guy home she has figured out that he has cameras in the studio that he offered her so she takes the guy back to it after he tries to like pick her up at a party she goes off with somebody else instead 
Mm -hmm. takes the guy back to the studio they start like painting together and they have sex covered in paint on a canvas oh she then takes the canvas and hangs up in his office (gasps) what and he of course watched the whole thing and she knows that he's watching there's another point where that okay this is my favorite part of the book is that the smut is very unique it's very creative i think they have sex in a bed like once oh love that okay yeah there's like they have sex up against a washer in a laundromat and then he goes home and creates a custom vibrator with like the similar vibrations as (laughs) the like dryer and they use that like in his office while he it's like going in her back door and they like go through sort of like trauma reprogramming with spanking because she has trauma with that from her stepfather growing up and so it's there's just so much so much unique stuff going on and the plot itself didn't have the same thrill as normal like murder mysteries because you know who the killer is but their relationship and the dynamic that they have and how she kind of wins him over with her like authenticity and her vulnerability and rawness which he is so uptight and like controlled and clean about everything that's initially the thing that he dislikes about her but then he ends up loving her for it so i would say maybe like if it was just on the plot i would say it was like maybe a seven out of ten but the spice and the uniqueness with how nothing was like none of their spicy scenes were anything like i've read before all of them were unique so i would give that like seven and a half eight now out of ten nice and i'd say five out of five spice okay you're already yawning and you already have you have to go out dancing tonight okay why do you have to bring it up it's just because i'm with a comfortable person we're talking about comfortable things. I'm in a comfortable spot, i.e. the closet. <laughs> no, I just I haven't eaten yet. And I usually eat at like four. Okay. So I'm an hour past dinner. Oof. Plus, sugar daddy's gonna meet me out. So I gotta go out. Let alone the fact that I'm going out. Sugar daddy's meeting me out. Yeah, I told him that, you know, I was gonna be gone because I'm gonna be visiting with my family next week over the weekend and a little bit of next week. And then I was like, I'm just going to be a busy bee. Like, I won't be able to see you for a while. Because I decided that I want to have dinner with him. And he was like, well, would it be okay with you if I if I came out and, like, saw you a little bit before you go dancing? Like, I know that's your time and your space. But, like, would you would you say hello to me? And I was like, yeah, of course. If you come out, I'll say hi. We can talk for a little bit. Okay. Very so, respectful. Super respectful. Like, so respectful. <laughs> you're like respect me a little less oh maybe we'll get there we'll get there should i facetime you (laughs) no and not pick up the phone and say you told me to call you (laughs) well should i wrap up let's wrap up so this week slash month we read Hooked by Emily McIntyre, which is a 10 out of 10, a 4 out of 5 spice. I'm currently listening on audio to Blindsided by Amy Dawes. It will probably end up being that 10 out of 10. 
and I'm feeling the spice is like a three and a half, four prediction. And then the Sinners duet, which was a five out of five spice by Sophie Lark and seven and a half, eight out of 10 read. All right. I read Put Me in Detention by Megan Quinn. And then I also read that other book by Megan Quinn that just skipped out of my brain. Thank you. A not so meet cute. Just skipped out of my brain. Yes. Both by Megan Quinn. Both brilliant rom-coms. I think I rated them both like a three and a half out of five for Spice and an eight out of 10 for content. Consistent. I love that, Megan Quinn. Thank you. I love consistency. Love it. Next week, we... Our schedule's a tiny bit up in the air. We're either going to be talking to JL Seegers and doing Forbidden Romance Trope with her book, Restore Me, Twisted Games by Anna Wong. And we're also going to be talking to her about being a new author. Her book right now is doing insanely well. I think she has like a 4.6 on Amazon, which is very, very high. And just talking to her about being a new author and doing so being so good at it already and what that journey has been like for her and then we're also gonna be talking about the confessions duet yes can't wait yeah so don't forget to join the group review the podcast but all you have to do to enter the giveaway right now is join the group it's the ha book club with some tool on facebook and our literacy our literacy our charity <laughs> for the month of february is Literacy for Incarcerated Teens, which provides curriculum-approved books and hosts like author events and cool things like that for incarcerated youth. Again, all links are below. Brilliant, guys. Well, it was awesome chatting with you guys today. Hope you enjoyed our ramble reads. And we will hear you in the next. Toodles. Toodles. Also, uh, my boobs are just like too big right now. They're <laughs> invading my armpit space. They look huge. They are huge. I like, am over them. Is it just this time of the month or is this just like them in their glory? This is them in their glory. I'm like freaking cantaloupes. Yeah, I'm, I was just going to say a melon. They're so bad for my OCD. They're like always getting up in my business. These need to be contained. Also, to all of our listeners, Summer's been very good at reading lately. So I just want to throw that out there that she has kept good on her promise. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. It's been quite a streak. It's been a one week streak, I think. (laughs) Because this one was like books that we've already read. So, (laughs) You know what? I was really trying to boost you up there, but I appreciate the candid honesty. Well, okay. Actually, yeah. Boost me up because our last episode, we had to read three books for it. And guess who read all three? this girl. Summer!